the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC Now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community that sees all things new. I am Alpha Sanford and I'm streaming live from Boston, Massachusetts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, mabuhay. Welcome to Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher on the new channel. Alpha Sanford here on Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher. I want to thank all of you who are with us for this wonderful episode. Thank you for um, always supporting the show. And I'm hoping that you are learning a thing or two when it comes to the education field, whether you are a new teacher, an aspiring leader, or a current education leader. So for today's episode, I am bringing to you an awesome and inspire, inspiring early childhood leader from Ashland, Massachusetts. She is a Filipino. In fact, she is also an Ilocana, just like me. So maybe throughout this episode, you may be hearing us speak in our very own beautiful dialect, Ilocano. So for those who can speak the language, Ilocana language, you may want to chime in. And if you want to comment later on and give us your shout out to your fellow Ilocanas, me and our guest today, please do so and drop us kamusta or kumusta kayo apo later on. Okay? So let me actually tell you who our speaker today. Okay. Our speaker today is Adil. Gutierrez. Miss um, Adiel has been in the early education profession for more than 20 years and is a very experienced early childhood educator with a history of working in the education management. She graduated from the St. Louis University in the Philippines with a bachelor's in elementary education and double specializations in early childhood education and special education. Oh, wow, that's truly special, right? Um, when she migrated permanently here in the US, 
she continued her professional growth by acquiring additional certifications and training. And later on, she was able to obtain her Director II certificate from the Early Education um, Center in 2015. Adiel has worked at every level at the early education um, profession from an assistant part-time floater to becoming a director, allowing her to deeply relate to the challenges that every early childhood educator faces. Teacher Adiel Gutierrez currently sits as a board member of the Massachusetts Association for the Education of Young Children, an affiliate of the NENACI, or the National Association for the Education of Young Children. NACI, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, is the nation's largest and most influential organization of early childhood educators and others dedicated to improving the quality of programs for children from birth through age eight. So as you can see, our guest today has really a lot of things to offer when it comes to the early education or early childhood education level. So we think without further ado, let me bring her in the show. Okay, Miss Adiel Gutierrez, are you with us? Yes, hi. Good hi. evening, good morning, good afternoon from wherever you are watching. Thank you, Miss Alpha, for that wonderful introduction. And yes, I will be speaking some of our dialect. It's beautiful, and I would like to really improve on it. So it's nice to find somebody who's also Ilocana. Yes, thank you very much. All right, so let's talk about you. Uh, do how do your how do your students and your colleagues call you? Is it? Miss Adiel, Teacher Gutierrez, how do they call you? No, that's too formal. Since I teach the younger ones, it's hard for them to say Adiel. So mm -hmm. um, I go by Miss Addy at school. It's always Miss Addy. Sometimes it's Mrs. G, but I prefer Miss Addy. I feel like it's friendlier. I feel like it rings more to my personality so yeah it's miss addy miss addy okay miss addy shall we call you miss addy you can call me addy i'm not in the classroom right now <laughs> <laughs> okay so um how long have you been a teacher ah that's uh how how much time do you have <laughs> <laughs> I've been, like you said, I've been in the industry. I've been teaching, not just in early ed, for, I would say, 25 years. Uh -huh. So it all started with my oldest son. He's 27 now. So okay. when he was two years old, he went to preschool in Baguio City. That's mm -hmm. where we used to live, and that's where he grew up. And um, during one of those times that he came home from preschool, he said, like, uh, I was teaching him how to do stuff like, oh, okay, it's time to put away your stuff. And he said, oh, my teacher said this. My teacher said this is the way we should brush our teeth. And I said, okay, hold on. I'm mom, but that preschool teacher has all of the power. I want some of that power. <laughs> oh. So I said, okay, this is a good thing to do. At that time, I was, um, I was in nursing. I was uh, taking my bachelor of science in nursing at st louis but um teaching has pulled me towards its heart its center ever since i had my children so especially the first one so yeah that's when i started when he was around two three years old and um what did i do i i started with the usual i subbed for the preschool when they needed a volunteer and then um we were also part of a church community, so I started to lead that Sunday school for ages two to three. And I'm really enjoying being with the children. So I said, why don't I just go to school for this and just make a career out of it since this is what I love. And everybody has been telling me like, I'll be good at it. At first I had so many doubts, like, 
how do I teach a child when I was, I don't even know how to teach my own. Mm -hmm. So it was the best decision, I would probably say with my career. And as an adult woman, I went, um, I went to get my certificate first in preschool education at St. Louis. Okay. Eventually they offered, um, they offered the early childhood um, specialization. And I did that. And uh, around my third year, they offered for the first time special education. So I said, I'm going to take that too, because I, I found out that like, like your tagline is once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher. Right. In my case, once a teacher, I'm always a student. I never stopped learning. So that's what I did. And here we are now. And then life took us everywhere. Like life took us to, where did I go? Um, California, because mm -hmm. my family migrated there. And then I married somebody who was from the East Coast. I moved to the East Coast, New Jersey, New Hampshire, and then eventually Massachusetts. So, and here we are. Wow. <laughs> Wow, um, life really took you to many directions, uh, Adi. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And what was uh, um, what's your son's name? Jaime. Jaime. So Jaime. to Jaime, it looks what? like it, it, thanks to Jaime, it looks like it was him who actually brought you to the education field. Yeah, I always credit him for that, and. He always says, like, I don't think it was just me. I think you really just wanted to be with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, that's wonderful. I tell people all the time that um, my education journey, at least, you know, in the span of uh, close to 20 years, I always go back to the times when I used to teach at an early childhood center. Um, and the reason for that is because I feel like uh, there is uh, this undescribable joy that at least I felt when I was teaching the little kids. Yeah. yeah. So I relate so much to that because I, I taught up to, I think, up to sixth grade. Uh, you know, student teaching took me through all of the grade levels back home in the Philippines and then um, I started to do like the after school program uh -huh. um, when I first came here and up to, I think it was 14 years old. And I said like, no, I, I can't do the older kids. I, I need to be with those that are five and younger. I think that's how my personality is, how my mentality is and where my heart is. So I always keep requesting to be with the youngest ones. Wow. And right now, as uh, um, an enrollment director, and correct me if I'm wrong, did I say that right? Enrollment director, right? Yes, yes. I'm currently the enrollment director at a small private preschool here in Ashland. So we do have two schools. Mm -hmm. I was the director for three years, the program director for three years. And then I shifted into more of an administrative role just this July. Nice. Congratulations, Adi, for, you know, um, your promotion. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So tell us your role. So basically, basically, my role is to make sure that we are communicating very well with the community on what our program offers. Mm -hmm. So my main job is to get the people into the school that's what enrollment is, making sure that the families understand like what it is that they will get their family. I don't enroll just the kids. I always say that to them. Like, I don't just enroll your kids in our school. I enroll your whole family because I feel like it's always a partnership, especially in the early education sector, that it's the children who go to the school, but it's actually the parents who are learning with them. We learn together. So... Every time I do an orientation or a tour of the school, I always tell them, like, don't think about it as a place where you're going to leave your child for how many hours in a day. But it's where you're going to partner with us for that certain amount in the day as to how we could give your child the best experience in their early life. Because 
it will be the foundation of when they will get to the higher higher levels like when they go to kindergarten um we don't normally just teach them to read the first thing that I teach them is how do you become a friend? Because it's always the most important thing. Like you could know all of your ABCs and your one, two, threes, but if you don't know how to be a friend, you don't know how to ask for help. You don't know how to admit that you're having struggles, then it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be something that we set them up for life for. So that's, that's the goal. Um, so, Obviously, aside from all of those um, deep values that we want to make the parents understand when they're enrolling in the early childhood um, schools is uh, there's also that that part where we want them to become more independent. We want them to, um, well, at least in how we run our schools, mistakes are a common thing and mm-hmm. we don't spotlight them. It's because where else will they learn how to walk if they're not if they're not like scrambling all over the place? That's only in early childhood. <laughs> that oh, it's okay. You fell down. That's fine. <laughs> you bump your head. That's fine. <laughs> that's cute. That's really cute. And um, what I love in terms of what you also said is that you don't just enroll a child or their children. You actually welcome the entire family. That's pretty good. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, like education for me, at least that's the value that I was trying to tell all of our teachers and all of our staff and even the management, the leadership in our schools is like we have to have this vision that we don't obviously the money is there because I need to get Mm -hmm. all of those enrollments. But what is more important is that they go out of our schools after kindergarten or after pre-K they go out there telling them like, oh, I had the best experience in that school because I felt accepted, I felt seen, and we enroll a diverse um, amount of people. Like we were non-selective and I'm I'm just blessed to be in a community that um, the diversity is really something that we can be proud of. Wow. That's promising for Ashland and for your early childhood center. That's that's something to be proud of. Yes. Yeah. I hope so, it happens everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Which actually brings me, um, Adi, what if uh, an Ilocano family or a Filipino family to that extent comes into your door and does not really quite know uh, what is it all about when it comes to early childhood center? Um, how would you welcome them? So maybe I'm just going to role, role play. <laughs> I'm ah, okay. a Ilocano, right? And okay, I'm you're my new inquiry. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, I may have limited language, English language, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to say, uh, Miss Adi, kaya't kutiagin na ita eskwela anyo. Translated into English, Miss Adi, I'd like to enroll um, in your school. Kasano agin na ngay? Uh, Miss Adi, how would yeah. I know? Yeah, you So, roughly translated, is what is it that your family need? Um, what do you expect from our program? What do you expect your child to be learning from our program? I think it's always, always um, because you don't know where they're at um, with the understanding of the early childhood industry. Like it was a shock to some of um, Filipino friends that I had because it's not a normal thing sa atin to, to go to um, a daycare center. It's, mm-hmm. it's not something that is widely practiced. So... I've had, I've actually had the opportunity to explain to them that aside from them learning to socialize, which is the number one thing in early childhood anyway, is they they get to express themselves. They get to 
um, be themselves and showcase where they come from because mm. I accept every child as they are. I see them if they're from somewhere else, like because um, Ashland is a place where it's so close to Natick where we have all of those multinational companies and we see a lot of those um, people, uh, families who come over and have their children start daycare with us. And that's the beauty of it because I tell them like, okay, they don't have to mix in. That's not my goal. My goal for them is to come in, showcase who they are because we will learn from them too, not just them learning from us. I never want them to lose the identity that just because they are immigrants, just like me, that came over here, that they have to mix in. No, that's, and as an immigrant, and I think when I tell that to them, they feel more validated, like, ah, okay, I'm not just, you know, trying to be one in the mm -hmm. crowd. So, yeah. I love it. I think if I were a parent enrolling my child in your early childhood center, I'd feel welcome. And uh, with just how you welcome uh, that family, I feel like, I belong, you know, I, I love the fact that you are not trying to make them fit in, in the environment. What you're trying to do is really welcoming them and honoring who they are as they come in to your center. I love it. Yeah, because I feel like um, uh -huh. I have had that experience before that uh, with my children when we migrated over here to the U.S. Uh -huh. um, and this was the early, oh gosh, 90s or something uh -huh. like that. When I, <laughs> So we were not as aware. I guess we were not as sensitive as a community then to the uh -huh. differences. And I felt like, oh, I'm the outsider. Uh -huh. and, I never want my children to feel that way because they're not. They belong to the world. Uh -huh. We are the same planet. So that also brought me to climb up the ladder, so to speak, uh -huh. in teaching. It's like, oh, I can do this. Like, I don't have to be um, limiting myself to what people's standards are. So it was a challenge for me personally to improve and to prove to myself that you know what maybe let's remove that barrier that um most immigrants think that uh, i will speak for myself i'm not going to speak for the rest but um as filipinos we have that thinking and i forgot the exact term if you could help me with it like when we go to somewhere else we always feel that inferiority mm. and um we feel like we are subordinates to the bigger race yeah but, yeah but i felt at that point that this is my chance i know i believed in myself the confidence in me is too much for my family actually <laughs> <laughs> my mom said you don't belong to this time you don't belong to this country when we were in the philippines so i said like well maybe i belong somewhere bigger better so that's what I did. I said, you know what? In the Philippines, I'm a teacher. I can be a teacher here too, and I can be more. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I think it was the, uh, on October 5th when we had the World Teachers Day. I yes. hope that, you know, uh, if they will be watching this on a replay or those who are watching right now, that was a perfect reminder of really uh, being a teacher. That's wonderful. So let's talk about uh, the field of early childhood education. For those who may not know, what is it all about? Can you just explain the early childhood education in the context of the United States? Mm -hmm. And uh, also, what could be the benefits of uh, um, working at an early childhood center? Oh, I love talking about this one because yeah. not everybody is. Um, we, I am an advocate for the early childhood um, education industry, um, a profession actually, and it has always been this 
misconception that we are just glorified nannies. Mm. And I'd like to change that. I'd like to change that. So people yeah. in our profession has, most of the people I know has advanced degrees in education, but we do deal with a custodial part of it. Um, that's why in Massachusetts, it's called Early Education and Care. That's what EEC stands for. Mm -hmm. So education, obviously, is how they learn. And we're not talking academics. It's learning how with their sense, senses because we deal with um, children, infants to five years of age. So they learn how to use their senses, to be aware of their environment, to be social, um, to be musical, to enhance all of those intelligences that they have. And aside from that, we also, we of course, we do the care. Like we have babies. Uh, we have babies right now who are around three months in my school and they get to be held. They get to be loved while all of the families um, go to work because that's, that's just how it is over here that um, it's it's normal, I think, for two-income families in this side of Massachusetts. I um, There are some towns that are luckier than us that they can survive with a one-income family. But where I'm at, um, we have single parents who need to go out and work and to provide. And that's where we come in, in the partnership. We will take care of your babies, make sure that they are fed, they are cared for, they are loved, they are engaged into making their, you know, making their physical body strong, making their psycho psychological feelings and emotions validated and um, really strengthened. So an example of that is we, we help them to self-soothe at that very young age. We will let them cry, but not mm -hmm. forever. Like let them be in the crib. We'll let you stay there for like five minutes. And then they learn like, okay, my teacher is over there. I'm okay. I am safe. And when you get them home, they will be okay without you holding them all day. And that's the first step in being independent. So when they become toddlers and they go to potty training, and these are things, these are skills that are taken for granted sometimes, but there is a process to all of this. There's a science to it. <laughs> so that's how I explain it to all of the people who are saying like, why do you stay in early ed? And I say like, because everything starts from us. If I don't, if I don't engage their frontal cortex or whatever that is, you know, if I go scientific on it, then they they realize that oh yeah it is a science yes that's why we're called bachelor of science in early childhood education <laughs> um yeah and why would i tell people tell teachers to come over to yeah it's important. well mm -hmm. because you are never going to be forgotten you get to rule the world <laughs> Yay! you get that. to be you know Everybody remembers their kindergarten teacher or their preschool teacher. And they will say, oh, Miss Addie taught me how to use my spoon. She was the one who taught me that I can chuck my fork and eat my grapes. Or she could tell me, like, I peed on the potty first time with Miss Addie. Those are milestones that they'll never forget. Or the first time a child um, writes his name like completely and she's like i did it those i did it moments they never leave you and i think in all of my 20 years i will still remember those those times that i've seen those aha moments in the children to be the one to witness that for the first time is amazing the first time that they will step out from their comfort zone to walk over to you because you know they're learning how to walk we can't even tell that to the parents that I witnessed the first step. You have to tell them like, oh, maybe you could watch them if they're going to take the first step at home because I don't want to take that away from the parent. Yes, I have it in my memory that I saw your child's first step, but I want I want to like push you in that direction. Like maybe try try her to walk over to you. Let's see if it happens. So, and they will, they will call me and say like, she did it. She took her first step. And I just say thumbs up. I actually saw that a while ago. But yeah. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, that's true, actually. When I was listening to what you uh, mentioned, I'm like, yeah, Adi is right. Up to this day, I can still remember my preschool and kindergarten teacher, Madam Suyat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Madam Suyat, I went to this uh, small private school for kindergarten in the Philippines called Kamiling Colleges. And uh, uh, yeah, Madam Suyat, I can still remember her. So, Madam Suyat, if you are watching, shout out to you. Uh, Miss Adi just reminded me of you. So, thank you for everything that you taught me when I was, uh, you know, preschool and kindergarten. Yeah, it's always fun to like go back to that because I think that's also when their memories start, like core memories start at around that age. So you get to be a part of somebody's core memory and that's worth more than anything. Like they come over. I have my first batch of kids that I taught over here. They're in high school now. So when they when they first um, gave me this picture for their prom, I was like... It can't be happening. <laughs> I was just changing your diaper. <laughs> wow. Wow. So now that you are not really in the classroom, now as an enrollment director, what's your typical day look like? Oh, I still try to be out there as much as I can in the classrooms. But huh? so... Um, what I like about my job is I get to greet everybody and I get to say goodbye to them. So in the mornings during drop-off time, um, a typical day is 8 to 4. So at 8 a.m., all of the cars will pull up. Because of COVID, we don't allow them to bring their children inside anymore. So mm -hmm. we've changed some of those procedures. They get to drive up to the door. I get to be out there on the door and say, good morning. How was your day? How was your night? And I'm not just saying good morning to the kid. I'm saying good morning to the parents. Like, you look like you need some coffee after this. We'll take care of your child because their child is crying or screaming. Whatever happened last night, you try to put on a face. It's almost like a performance in the morning. But I'm not really performing. I'm just a clown. So I say, hey, good morning. Do you want to go play with the dragons again? And they're like stopped in the tracks and whatever they were screaming about in the car suddenly forgotten because you get to remove them from that situation and frame it like, let's go have some fun. So yeah, they come over to you or sometimes, you know, those kids come in with a lot of energy and they scream right away, Addy! It's like, yes! And you get hugs in the morning, the best part of my day. Bring them over to their classrooms and then after drop-off, so I make sure that I get to see my teachers too. I get to say, hi, what do you need from me? Is there anything that I can help you with before I go sit down? Mm -hmm. um, so I do a check-in with everybody. And sometimes, you know, there are times that they're also human, the, the teachers. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not having a good day. And I will tell them, like, you want to go get some coffee while I entertain your kids for five minutes? And they appreciate that. So that will take about um, a good hour of the day <laughs> because it's eight classrooms that I take care of right now. So then I go back, I look at emails, I see all of the requests from parents, I see all of, um, because we, we like to communicate with our communication app, it's called Hi Mama, and oh. that's where they, yeah, that's where they see all of their um, children's reports, what do they need for the day, the pictures are there. Oh. So I try to check on that, make sure that you know, the children's activities are really documented that way. And it's in real time, so they get mm -hmm. to receive that. So if they're doing a song, um, the teachers will videotape the children and send it to the parents, and the parents can see it. And then I'll get some emails saying like, um, I'm going to pick up my child at 2 o'clock today because we have an appointment. Make sure all of the attendance reflects in the classroom and in the system. Uh, what else? I get to check all of the enrollment paperwork, which is not really that fun compared to what <laughs> I would do in the classroom. Yeah, you double check those, all those spreadsheets. And then we do some leadership meetings, make sure that we are supporting our teachers. Like um, holidays are coming. So what do we do for 
the teacher's morale, what support do they need, what activities really need some um, some backup, like with curriculum planning, who needs help in this, mm-hmm. um, and those little logistics like the, the playground needs a new fence, <laughs> or we need to order supplies, we need more wipes, we need more gloves, those things. And at the end of the day, at around 3.30, the cars come over and they get picked up. I go to the classrooms, I get to to get the children mm-hmm. I say okay it's our turn to go home did you have fun and then they give you cards they give you drawings it's all up on my wall so yeah that's a typical day that's a very easy day I would say wow but yeah. the good thing about um the good thing about early ed is there's never a day that's the same mm-hmm. you will get those um calls from your teacher saying like I need you to come over to room two. We have an accident report that you need to sign. <laughs> Somebody bumped their head. What happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Somebody was trying to get the pencil and stepped on another pencil. So they tripped and they fell. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a busy life. But it looks like it's a very fun-filled day. It is. It yeah. is. It's never the same. Like you cannot say, like, oh, I know what's gonna happen at nine o'clock later. Nope. That's never right. a day. It's the same. That's right. So Adi, I want to take a break. But before we take a break, I want to continue this wonderful conversation. And when we come back, um, I know I asked earlier in terms of the benefits and things like that. So maybe uh when we come back, would you be able to share? some of the benefits and maybe uh, like the pay range of an early childhood educator here in Massachusetts, uh, going up to the director's level uh, so that our aspiring educators may be able to understand, you know, the pay range realistically of uh, uh, an early childhood educator. Well, would that be Sure, we can discuss that. Okay, great. All right. Why don't we take a few minutes break and then we'll see you back here shortly.
The new channel is an online alternative to the new media platform of online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging, authentic, and original content. Our channel is a responsible, global, 24-over-7 platform that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Please continue to watch and support or listen to Once a Teacher, Always a Teacher on select Saturdays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can watch live or on replay via Facebook or on YouTube. Follow us on IG. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we've made them for you. All right, everybody. I'm hoping that you're having a blast listening uh, or watching Miss Adiel Gutierrez from Ashland, Massachusetts. I'm hoping that you're taking down notes on her journey and some of those beautiful stories and insights that she's been sharing as uh, someone who has been in the early childhood education. All right, so why don't we bring her back in and let's talk. What are some of the benefits of an early childhood education teacher or a leader? Miss Hello. Hello, welcome back. Glad to All be right. back. Okay, let's talk things about benefits, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what can I say? When you're here, at least I can speak for Massachusetts. When you're in early childhood education, it is a very varied um, field. So um, there are certain levels, I would say, levels to it. Um, there are private-owned preschools. Mm -hmm. There are family child care centers, which are owned by individuals and families. Um, and there's corporate ones. So obviously, corporate has more of those financial benefits and mm -hmm. um, perks, I would say. I've worked in all of those um, areas. So I would say that if you work in a corporate one, you get a lot of extra benefits such as um, there's gym memberships, there's phone discount memberships. Um, what else have, have we got before? There's magazine subscriptions. So those are perks that you can get from the job. Um, aside from working and um, trying to really improve your your field, um, most of, I would say most of the early childhood centers, whether they're private or corporate, offers a lot of tuition discounts mm. and they <laughs> offer a lot of professional development opportunities. So um, if you find one that's a really good um, center, a really good management, they will help you enroll in it. They will find the courses that you need for example, you'd like to become a lead teacher or you, you're working towards your director certification. Well, I would personally say, I will find you one. I will find you those courses. I will find you scholarships. And um, actually, EEC has now launched this professional pathways. Um, I think they just launched it recently where they offer a lot of courses for free and scholarships are given throughout the year if you'd like to continue your education. And there's also, um, what other benefits do we have? Well, it's standard to have health benefits. And, you know, you go, it goes towards your Social Security, your 401k, which is um, the life, um, life um, what do you call this? How do you explain 401k? <laughs> yeah, your retirement. Uh, yeah. 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 And then um, 
um, the good thing sometimes with other um, schools is they offer longevity bonuses. So if you're there for three years, you get you get bonuses of this. I've I've actually worked in one center where we celebrated um, one of the teachers' twenty fifth anniversary. So we had a big dinner. We had she gets to choose her prize for serving prize i would say or gift for serving for 25 years but aside from that i think it's just having that sense of family being with being those same minded people like-minded people that really want to push the profession forward um and a range would be for if you're a starting teacher oh, oh this is the best time to be in the early ed industry right now because mm -hmm. after covid yeah. we saw everybody struggling with staffing we are struggling I, mean, I think every profession is struggling with staffing that's true but if you have if you have what it takes because right now um we we hire for we hire for attitude skill can be trained that's right so if you really have the heart for it i would say go for it like if your background is here and there, we'll find you the courses that you need. Mm -hmm. But if you have the heart for it, it's it's hard to you can't you can't get that in any school, the attitude towards work or the attitude towards your profession. So uh -huh. skills we can train, but the heart and the attitude, that's what that's what we look for. Um, but the the range right now is crazy. It's almost like a bidding war. <laughs> we try to get um teachers for uh, i know we've up our game with salaries i would say it's a ballpark around 18 to 20 right now uh -huh. starting which is in massachusetts i think our minimum wage is where is it at miss alpha is it at 11? i believe 15 15 is it at 15 yes. okay so yeah so it's first at 15 we upped it to way higher than that if you have your bachelor's then there's there's a tier to it you know because obviously I, it doesn't have to be something like just because we need a person doesn't mean that we don't reward you for going through those extra credits for going through your education because education is important you still have to have it even now that i'm in my late 40s i'm still enrolled in school because i have to learn with the times so well, as you go up the ladder, as I should say, um, the pay range also goes up. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's around. Uh, and this is also one thing that I would like to tell those people who'd like to go to early ed. Don't settle for the first one that they give you. <laughs> they say, <laughs> okay, you start at this rate and you can. And wherever you are, actually, not just in early ed, if you believe that that's not your worth. Yeah go for it i mean tell them like oh i believe i'm worth more than this because this is what i can bring to the table don't be afraid to don't self-reject you know mm -hmm. <laughs> know your worth. yes that's a great tip adi wonderful tip all right you've you've shared in terms of this uh uh all your wonderful things that you do and are feeling at your current role what is the toughest part of your job? Ah, okay. Well, it always has to do with, I would say, management and okay. the higher up. Uh, because we are, not that I have anything against the licensing agency, which is EEC, but we always have that, you know, like, okay, this is what they want us to do as teachers or administrators. And our our job is as administrators how do i translate that to the everyday work that my teachers do like they come out with regulations and policies it's always those policies that gets me it's like i need to know the why in everything it's like why are we doing this why what this is sometimes my teachers say but that's extra work but if i know the why then i could explain it to them better sometimes you go to some management or some some policies company policies that just don't make sense for me maybe because they just don't align to my values or to my thinking or to my personality whatever it is it just doesn't align and i question that and i think that's the tough part is 
because I am still a Filipino, I try to, that part of me being a Filipino that's non-confrontational is still there. <laughs> so it's hard for me to like express myself at the moment. I tend to like take a step back and let me think this, let me overthink this and let me write it down and then let me come back. But some people take that as saying yes or being complicit. And when I go back to them about it, it's like, oh, I thought you already agreed on that last time we talked about it. No, no, you talked. I didn't talk back. <laughs> so it's always that 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 thing with yeah. But overall, it's just trying to um, get all of the policies and regulations to a simplest terms. I would say for my teachers to really understand the why of it, because. Like I said, there's always got to be intention and purpose in what they do. It's it's a hard job as it is. It's very physically exhausting. And if I tell them like, oh, actually, you can put that hand sanitizer on the table because it's a policy. It's like, why? It's like it's common sense for them to have it accessible because it can fall off. You know, it could hit the child or it could the child could gain access to it and we don't like them having alcohol in their mouths or something like that. Or if I tell them that you can't have hot coffee just lying around because kids tend to get to all of these parts of our desk and you don't want to be the teacher explaining to the parent like, oh, I brought my dunks today and it was hot and your child got burned. So, <laughs> so those are little policies that I have to explain to them, the little intricacies of it. That's the hardest part of my job. I think the most enjoyable, though, is getting to really talk to the parents. There's mm -hmm. always uh, there's always a balance, you know, like there's hard parts and there's enjoyable parts. Yeah, always. Right. In any job that we have, there's always going to be those moments of joys mm -hmm. and uh, the not so happy moments in our jobs. <laughs> um, any last inspiring stories of being uh, an early childhood leader? I would say that this actually just happened um, a couple of years ago when COVID shut us down because we did shut down for a while. I think that's when I proved to myself that, oh, this is what the leadership in me means, what it means for me personally. Um, so when we all closed down, uh, all of our teachers decided, well, not all of them, but most of them decided to just stay home mm -hmm. for reasons that are, you know, personal to them, different varied reasons, all valid reasons, actually. And so we were forming a new team from scratch and regulations were coming out left and right. Um, we were all learning all at the same time. So I told them like, it doesn't matter how long I've been in this field. This is year one for everybody. I don't know these regulations. I've never been in a post in a COVID situation or in a pandemic situation. So we're all gonna learn together. And I think just having that honesty up front towards my teachers, telling them that it's okay to make mistakes together right now because nobody knows what they're doing. I will not pretend I know more than you do because I really don't, mm -hmm. you know, just be honest with it. And they, they bought into that thinking that we are going to do this together as a team. Mm -hmm. And when I make mistakes or when I say like, I am not very sure about this right now, but I'm going to support you. Or when they come over to me and say like, I would like to do this, but I'm not sure how it's going to go with the COVID regulations or with the COVID situation. And I said, how about we try it out? If it doesn't, I got your back. And just giving them that psychologically safe environment mm -hmm. for them to come over to me and accept and, you know, like voice out that I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? I think that was a win for me because um, we were able to learn together. We were able to like trust ourselves and doubt ourselves at the same time. But made us we emerged as a stronger team and that team stayed with me for another two years until post-covid whatever post-covid is <laughs> but yeah we had a hundred percent retention after that year 
with teachers and when every every center was falling apart and closing down i was proud to say i had my team come back and we came back stronger so i would say to anybody in whatever profession that you are you know what they say when those who cannot do teach mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not true at all i say those who can teach you know because you cannot teach something that you do not know you cannot give from an empty cup you cannot give what you do not have so us teachers we got it we we know what to do with whatever situation that comes our way we've got the educational background to to back us up and i think teachers are the toughest people in the world like where else will you see somebody not flinch when there's somebody puking right in front of you (laughs) Like, ah, okay, let's go get a paper towel. That's right. (laughs) No big deal. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Adiel, this has been a wonderful one hour with you. It was a treat listening to you. It's already an hour? Yeah. (laughs) It was a real treat listening from you about your insights uh, as an early childhood education leader and your love uh, all together for young kids and their families. Ashland and your workplace is very lucky to have someone like you who actually uh, brought their experiences to welcome families and to let them feel that they truly belong at your center. So yeah, I, I am glad and thank you for this opportunity, Miss Alpha. Thank you so much for your kind words. And the goal is not to keep it in Ashland. The goal is to give mm-hmm. it to the whole state. And this is why we train more teachers to be a little bit more on that mindset that, you know what, we can do things. We can do better than this. We can be better than this. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So for any of our viewers who may want to get in touch with you or may want to have, uh, you know, may want to have some clarifying questions or, you know, we just want to get in touch with you. How can they get in touch with you? I'd love for everybody to get in touch with me. Like, if you can't tell, I love to talk. I love to be with people. So I have my own personal website. And it's just something that features a lot of part of me, a lot of different mm-hmm. parts of me as a human, as a mom, mm-hmm. as a teacher. So Great. it's all there. So if you want to visit um, www.adielrg dot com and you will see the many sides of Miss Addy. You could also email me at hello at adielrg.com. You could find me on Facebook. You could find me on Instagram. I'm a very social person. I love social media. So not everything there is about teaching. It's there's there's a lot of different parts of me <laughs> that you will see. And I'm I'm an open book and I feel like all of those different experiences made me who I am. So they're one in the same. This is me. This is what you get. So hopefully you guys check it out. Please support TNC and Miss Alpha's show. It's Thanks. really a good one. And yeah, if you if you have anything else that you'd like to ask me, feel free to like shoot me an email. And thank you, Miss Alpha, and more power to you. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure, Adi, for having you. May you be blessed, and I'm hoping that you will continue to show the love and care to the youngsters out there and to their families. And with that, Adonga salamat ko kinyam, Madam Adi. Agyaman ako, Madam. Salamat, Madam. All right, folks. This ends our episode, and uh, um, we will see you again next week. Bye for now.